This is Jake Leahy reading the Supreme Court decision syllabus. Be sure to subscribe, uh, share, like, leave a review, all that good stuff. United States X-Rail Shut versus Super Value Inc. Certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit. Decided June 1st, 2023. In these cases, petitioners have sued retail pharmacies under the False Claims Act. The False Claims Act permits private parties to bring lawsuits in the name of the United States against those who they believe have defrauded the federal government and imposes liability on anyone who knowingly submits a false claim to the government. Here, petitioners claim that respondents, SuperValue and Safeway, defrauded two federal benefits programs, Medicaid and Medicare. Both Medicaid and Medicare offer prescription drug coverage to their beneficiaries, and both often cap any reimbursement for drugs at the pharmacy's, quote, usual and customary, end quote, charge to the public. But, according to petitioners, SuperValue and Safeway for years offered various pharmacy discount programs to their customers, yet reported their higher retail prices, rather than their discount prices. Petitioners also presented evidence that the companies believed their discounted prices were their usual and customary prices and tried to prevent regulators and contractors from finding out about their discounted prices. In sum, petitioners claim that the evidence shows that respondents thought their claims were inaccurate, yet submitted them anyway. Two essential elements of a False Claims Act violation are 1. The falsity of the claim and two, the defendant's knowledge of the claim's falsity. The district court ruled against SuperValue on the falsity element, finding that its discounted prices were its usual and customary prices, and that by not reporting them, SuperValue submitted false claims. However, the court granted SuperValue summary judgment based on the sciencer element, holding SuperValue could not have acted knowingly in a separate case. The court granted Safeway summary judgment on that same basis. The Seventh Circuit affirmed in both cases, relying heavily on Safeco Insurance Company of America versus Burr, the case that interpreted the term willfully in the Fair Credit Reporting Act. As the Seventh Circuit read Safeco, the companies could not have acted knowingly if their decisions were consistent with an objectively reasonable interpretation of the phrase usual and customary. Thus, the Seventh Circuit concluded the companies were entitled to summary judgment even if they were actually thought that their discounted prices were their usual and customary prices and thus thought their claims were false. Held. The False Claim Act scienter element refers to a defendant's knowledge and subjective beliefs, not to what an objectively reasonable person may have known or believed. A. The False Claims Act's text and common law roots demonstrate that the False Claims Act's Scienter element refers to a defendant's knowledge and subjective beliefs. The False Claims Act sets out a three-part definition of the term knowingly that largely tracks the traditional common law scienter element or requirement for claims of fraud. Actual knowledge, deliberate ignorance, or reckless will suffice. Sorry, or reckless will suffice. Each term focuses on what the defendant thought and believed. Actual knowledge refers to what the defendant is aware of. Deliberate ignorance encompasses defendants who are aware of a substantial risk that their statements are false, but intentionally avoid taking steps to confirm the statements' truth or falsity. And reckless disregard 
captures defendants who are conscious of a substantial and unjustifiable risk that their claims are false, but submit the claims anyway. These forms of scienter track the common law of fraud, which generally focuses on the defendant's lack of an honest belief in the statement's truth. Restatement Second of Torts, Section 526, Common E. The focus is on what a defendant thought when submitting a claim, not what a defendant may have thought after submitting it. B. Even though the phrase, usual and customary, may be ambiguous on its face, such facial ambiguity alone is not sufficient to preclude a finding that respondents knew their claims were false. That is because the Seventh Circuit did not hold that respondents made an honest mistake about the phrase. It held that because other people might make an honest mistake, defendants' subjective beliefs became irrelevant to their scienter. Respondents make three main arguments to support that theory, but the court finds none of none to be persuasive. First, the facial ambiguity of the phrase usual and customary does not by itself preclude a finding of scienter under the False Claims Act. Even if the phrase is ambiguous, respondents could have learned its correct meaning. Indeed, petitioners argue that the companies received notice that the phrase referred to their discounted prices, comprehended those notices, and then tried to hide their discounted prices. Second, the company's reliance on Safeco's interpretation of the common law definitions of knowing and reckless is misplaced because Safeco interpreted a different statute with a different mens rea standard. In any event, Safeco did not purport to set forth the purely objective safe harbor that respondents invoke. Nothing in Safeco suggests that one should look to facts, or here, legal interpretations. The defendant neither knew nor had reason to know at the time he acted. Halo Electrics versus Pulse Electronics. Finally, respondents contend their conduct is not actionable. According to the common law of fraud incorporated by the FCA, because common law fraud does not encompass misrepresentations of law. Respondents then posit that their alleged claims were false only because their claims as falsity turned in part on the meaning of the phrase usual and customary, which they argue means that their claims would be false only as misrepresentations of law. But that does not follow. Even assuming that the False Claims Act incorporates some version of this rule, Respondents did not make a pure misrepresentation of law. They did not say, for example, this is what usual and customary means. Rather, they made a statement that implied facts about their prices, essentially saying this is what our usual and customary prices are. Petitioner's case thus makes out a valid fraud theory under Respondents' common law rule. Vacated and remanded. Justice Thomas delivered the opinion for a unanimous court. Thanks for listening. Again, be sure to subscribe. This is Jake Lee with the Supreme Court Decision Syllabus Podcast. Share with your friends. Thanks for listening. And I'm sure that we'll have some more uh, big cases coming around the bend over the next uh, couple of weeks.